It's time for Wolo and Friends on Sports 56, presented by Genesis of Olive Branch. Here is your host, the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. not here, but he has new rejoin music. I, this is the first time Zach I've been here and heard his new rejoin music, so it caught me very much off guard uh, to hear. But Dave, not in today. If you were listening earlier, uh, Greg Gaston mentioned it, but the Tigers, they're still in Tulsa after the game last night. They have not left. Um, I'm Brian Dakes, by the way, pinch hitting with Zach Boyd um, for Dave Wolosian this morning. Dave called me last night um, about 11.30 or so said that uh, the plane they were supposed to uh, take home was bad plane or, or whatever was wrong with it, which not what you want to hear in terms of a plane. But uh, said that they, had, I guess, had already boarded it, um, were getting ready to go, and then they all had to get off, um, you know, change planes, all of that type of stuff. And now they're still waiting for a plane, I, I assume. So uh, the, uh, the latest update from Jason Munns is that they'll leave around noon, um, which is not great. I just don't understand how there's, I mean, that shortage of a plane. I don't know. Um, this was the tweet from Jason Munson. We're going to talk to Jason um, in about 30 minutes or so. Um, he put this in his text group a couple hours ago, but the Tigers had to spend the night in Tulsa due to plane slash logistics issues late last night. They're still there, aren't scheduled to take off until 1230. Just brutal. I mean, that is that is tough stuff. Um, but hopefully they get a plane and are able to get back. I didn't realize Tulsa was a very ex- exclusive place to, to fly into. I, mean, I guess, you know, I would assume Tulsa is, doesn't have a, a, a massive airport by any means, so maybe, you know, only a couple of planes come in uh, ever so often. But, yeah, so Tiger's still in uh, still in Tulsa uh, after that game last night. A 78-75 to win for the Tigers. Zach, he got scary late in that game um, as Tulsa kind of fights back, makes it a game. It looked like uh, really at any moment last night uh, in the first half, in the second half, that the Tigers were going to pull away. You know, there were probably two or three points in that game where the Tigers were up by nine or ten, and I was sitting there watching going, okay, this is where they really kind of break away and and uh, and you know make this a, a comfortable win but that never happened um, Tulsa came out in the second half with a two three zone that gave Memphis all sorts of fits um, especially early in that second half when Tulsa on the other end was making every shot they, they threw up I mean they could not miss um, especially three pointers uh, and Memphis had trouble early it seemed like late in the second half I guess later in the second half probably about the what would you say, Zach, six, seven-minute mark of the second half? Tigers kind of figured it out and, you know, started. They'd, they'd get someone to the high post and then have someone cut down around the basket and, and, and try, uh, you, you know, had something working. But then towards the end of the game, they start turning the ball over. They get a little sloppy. Tulsa takes advantage of, of their opportunities. And they tie the game with less than a minute left before uh, Javon Quinterly comes down. Uh, a really tough uh, shot goes around the screen. I thought Tulsa did a good job um, defending the screen or uh, de- defending the shot off the screen. Uh, but a, a beautiful shot from Quinterly to give the Tigers the win. I'm curious from you, Zach, and I'm curious from uh, anybody that's listening, 901-360-8255, text in, let us know. Because I've heard a lot after Vanderbilt. I was at that Vanderbilt game, and I could hear from the people I was sitting around, and I certainly heard it from people after the game. Oh, that one that one pretty. I'm a little worried after that one. They should have dominated against Vanderbilt. I heard it after Austin P. You know, Austin P. keeps it close most of that game. People are saying... Um, you know, oh, you know, that's that's a little worrisome. You've just beaten these three top 25 teams, but now you're struggling against Austin P. Now against Tulsa, I feel like I'm going to hear the same thing of, okay, that, that shouldn't have happened. I uh, Against Vanderbilt, I was sitting next to a woman, um, and uh, she was screaming during the game, we were an 
15 and a half point favorite. <laughs> and, um, you know, I don't know if that's the sentiment of a lot of fans of, you know, they look at the gambling line and say, okay, well, we should win this game by double digits. Um, but certainly was uh, what this lady was was thinking when she was watching the game. So it's like, I mean, after these three games, because it, it was it was such a high, and Tigers now 15th in the AP poll, so it doesn't seem to matter very much. It's, it seems as long as they win, they're going to continue to slowly rise, or at least remain where they're at. But after these three games, after the high of beating those top 25 teams, and now kind of winning in close games against Vanderbilt, Austin P, and Tulsa... I mean, what is your reaction after that? I think you're getting everybody's best shot. That's oh yeah. At the end of the day, because again, like going into the year, everybody would, everybody really didn't keep an eye on Memphis. Mm-hmm. They they realized okay, they got a lot of older veteran player players. Yeah. We keep our eye on them, but we there's you know it's Memphis. They're not gonna keep an eye on us. Yeah. And so once they started, they knock off Arkansas. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, knock off Michigan. Mm-hmm. All right. You knock off Clemson and. And Virginia. And Texas A&M. One, two, three. And then you add in a Texas A&M on top of that, then then the eyebrows yeah. start to raise. It's like, uh-huh. okay, so what's really going yeah. on in Memphis? So yeah. now you're starting to get a lot of the lower, mid-level, mid-major programs mm-hmm. uh, coming in, and they're giving their Super Bowl effort. Sure. And it's up to the Tigers to match their effort and – Take them out of the game. Mm-hmm. No, you're, you're you're right about that, and you know I've noticed it. I follow a lot of college basketball accounts on on social media and, and people that cover college basketball. And if you look at and and of course this is what kind of comes with being a, a top twenty five team, and that's why I, I remember uh, Dave talking about it a couple weeks ago. I guess it was right before the Tigers got in the top twenty five, or maybe it was the week they finally got into the top 25 and he was talking to Jason Munns and he said how what what is the importance of getting in the top 25 and Jason Munns basically said well you know it's the kind of publicity and you know you know you now know that on ESPN whenever they show college basketball scores your score is going to be on there whenever they show highlights on Sports Center. Your highlights are probably going to be on there. You know, it's just kind of that notoriety. When you go to you know ESPN app or CBS Sports app or, or any kind of sports app that you use, when you go to college basketball scores, same thing with college football, it usually defaults to top twenty-five, and so you know you're you're in that grouping now. And I think that's also true with kind of social media. These these groups and people that cover college basketball they are certainly focusing more on Memphis this year than they have in any year prior, especially yeah. any Penny Hardaway team. Now, don't get me wrong here, and I and, and I say this, even though even though they're eking out or they're kind of they're late to dominate mm-hmm. these games, at least they're winning. That's right. I, I can tell you that. Like, like, at least they're winning said games. Mm-hmm. It'll be a whole different ball game if – they got out to slow starts every mm-hmm. game, and then they end up losing. Yes, yes. No, it, today would we would have been having way different conversations today if if Memphis lost that game last night, right? Um, and uh, but but I think you know that's a good point, Zach, because you look at the AP poll, and the Tigers were what 18th last week, and the only game they had was. Austin P. Yeah. It was, you know, not a great game against Austin P. Penny certainly wasn't happy about it after the fact. Um, and the Tigers still move up three spots to number 15. Now they're a top 15 team. So, you know, you, you just got to take care of the, the, the games in front of you and get wins. But back to last night's game, uh, I mentioned Tulsa could not miss in, in that second half. Um, in the first half, they were three for 13 from three. In the second half, they were nine for twenty-one. They I mean nine threes in the second half. I think one of I think the the color commentator from last night said um, Tulsa averages like five made threes a game, and they had twelve last night. So I mean the the three point shot was falling. They shot nearly fifty percent um, from the field in that second half after really struggling in the first half, only shooting thirty seven percent in the first half, shooting forty six percent in the second half, and that's really where uh, you know where they were able to get that comeback and and, and kind of make that a game because like I said Zach I thought that this game was going to be you know there were three or four points last night where I said okay 
this is where they really pull away, and this is going to be a comfortable win. But it never got to that point, um, and, and the Tigers, you know, have to have to have a last second shot. Uh, Twenty-one turnovers for the Tigers last night. David Jones had seven, which I think if you're just looking at a box score, that you know raises eyebrows. But go and look at David Jones's game logs. Um, he turns the ball over a lot, and it's just because he has the ball in his hands every single possession. I mean, it's literally either have him bring the ball up the court or you cross half court and you immediately find David Jones and get him the ball. So that's not super concerning, but I do think kind of the just sheer amount all added up of 21 turnovers is a tad concerning. Yeah, seven seven is too much. Now, I understand like three, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe (laughs) four. I, you Quinn know, really had four. Those maybe were the two four. Leaders. It just it just depends on how, what how the fourth turnover looked for yeah. a set player. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, seven is too much. Twenty one is definitely too much Way for too much. for a forty minute basketball game for a veteran team. Yeah. So hopefully they can just clean that up some more. What SMU is this Sunday? This Sunday, and SMU. Yeah. You know, me and me and Brett were talking about this yesterday. Um, SMU, the record isn't bad, it isn't great, but Kimpom is very high on them defensively, and they have played a very tough non-conference schedule. Not as tough as what Memphis has played. I don't think there's really any team in the country that has played a, a schedule like Memphis has played, but SMU has played some good opponents, and uh, Memphis is going to have to play a lot better than they did last night if they want to beat SMU. Now it'll be different. You're at home. You'll have your home crowd behind them. But um, just looking at, at SMU's Kim Palm, 24th in adjusted defensive efficiency, um, second in effective field goal, a uh, defensive effective field goal percentage, um, eighth in uh, opponent three-point percentage, fourth in opponent two-point percentage. So, I mean, this team is, is very good defensively, and you know their schedule is consisted of Texas A&M, West Virginia, Wisconsin, Dayton, Arizona State, Florida State, Murray State. So I mean they've played some some good opponents before uh, before conference play. So it won't be uh, easy. Kim Palm has it a five point win for Memphis. Curious to see what that line will be. Uh, we'll probably get that line tomorrow. Um, but but back to last night's game. I know we're gonna have to talk about Caleb Mills here in a second. But before we do that, I want to kind of stay positive and talk about Naquan Tomlin, who has been awesome to start. I mean, I didn't, I didn't think he would be this effective this fast. I knew he was going to be a, an effective player for the Tigers. I knew he was going to be a player that Memphis really relied on. Um, but I don't think I expected this. Last night, 17 points, uh, 7 rebounds for him, 7 for 12 from the field, uh, a perfect 3 for 3 uh, from the free throw line. And this is kind of the question of, of, you know, who's in, who's out. It's going to be hard to keep Naquan Tomlin on the bench. Yeah, no, at some point you might you might have to start him. I think so. And, I mean, you know, I, I hate having to throw anybody to the bench, but I think Nick Jordan is very comfortable coming off the bench. He, he did it at Temple last year. Um, he, he's done it at times this year. You might you might make that flip, put Naquan Tomlin um, at the start, and and I've said this, Zach. I don't know if we've talked about this, but watching Naquan Tomlin play, it's like looking in a mirror and seeing DeAndre Williams look right back at you. I mean, the energy, the the style of play. I mean, everything. The how how long they are. I mean, everything. I think Naquan Tomlin's a little long. I mean, he is he is massive, but. So- yeah, and so so the funny thing is, like, I was I was sitting there thinking to myself, uh-huh. like, like of of old Tiger Tiger players, former Tiger players, who does he remind me of? <laughs> and I was and I was sitting there thinking to myself, like, I don't think I don't think we outside of DeAndre, yeah. I don't think we ever had a perimeter big as skilled as he is since what Robert Dozier? Yeah, probably, probably. And that's what, and that's where my mind took me. It's like that's it's like it has one. to be Dozier, but Dozier didn't have the hot. Right, he had the length. Right. to him. Yeah, I, I that's a really good one. Um, and, and I think DeAndre is another good one. Um, just because of kind of the energy they bring, they both bring very similar energy. Um, 
I, I used to always call DeAndre a madman last year because there he would do things like he would he would go up and dunk and he would just like start like banging his head against the like against the post and like you know slamming it before like going back down the other court. And I'd be like, this guy is this guy's crazy. And like Naquan <laughs> had a dunk last night where he slam I mean it was it was a powerful dunk. He slams it and like he walks like seven feet towards like the the crowd and like they don't have like you know railings like you do right. at effect form so he was like j- about to just like walk up to somebody sitting there and i was like this guy's got a little crazy in him. and that's what <laughs> that's what you got to have and just uh, a little bit just a little bit um but another good game for him um i mean they they called it last night i don't know how much you listened to the uh the guys that were calling the game last night but uh one of them called it the uh, the best early, or I guess the best Christmas present a team could get is getting Naquan Tomlin when the Tigers did. Yeah, not wrong. I mean, uh, he's he's been really good. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, what, three straight games, mm-hmm. double digit points. Yeah, uh, pretty much what seven or more rebounds. So, yeah, I mean, like again, like like it helps to have a have another dude mm-hmm. that can stretch out the floor and actually kind of create his own shot and actually can get you points. Yeah. Cause I think that was that was always been the 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 struggle mm-hmm. to start the year. Cause it's like, man, like we really don't have an inside presence or any or anything like that. We don't have we don't have a guy that we yeah. could go to in the in the post, or we can like get offensive rebounds or get some type mm-hmm. of rebounds to kind of like get some putbacks or whatever. So, and then with the added bonus, he can stretch it out, right. and so he can space the floor, and so that now you can't you can't pack the paint when mm-hmm. guys like Quinterly right. or or uh, David Jones attacked the rim because you got to honor this dude from three because he's right. actually a really good three point shooter. Yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, he, he's been a really good addition, and, and hopefully, uh, it continues on the other side for Tulsa. PJ Haggerty, uh, Memphis had no answer for him, and uh, my buddy, my buddy uh, texted me last night during the game. I don't know how many points he had at this point, but my friend texted me and he said. Uh, so uh, how long after the season ends before Penny calls up this guy and, and gets him to transfer to That's Memphis? what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a great point. I mean, probably like, what's not What's that very NIL long. package looking uh, like? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, and we've seen Penny go to, uh, you know, get guys from uh, from American Athletic Conference schools past two years. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't put it past him. You know, he's got like a little sheet of paper over like in front of, you know, Dave, and he's just like jotting down names as he as he sees guys in conference play. I think PJ Haggerty would be on the top of the list. Uh, he led Tulsa with 27 points, uh, eight rebounds, and four assists. All right, uh, Zach, we got to talk about the Caleb Mills injury that happened last night. Really, I mean, really gruesome injury. Um, I saw it from a couple of different angles. Uh, it was so bad that um and and my girlfriend does not watch much sports outside of like what she watches with me and so last night when the injury happened you know they obviously stopped play and and i think they might have gone to a commercial and they come back and the the announcers go uh well, we have video of the injury, but we don't want to show it because it's it's pretty gruesome. And I was like, what does that mean? Yeah, why, right. why, why, why won't they show it? Is he okay? Is he okay? I was like, yes, he's 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 fine. Like he's not he's not dead or anything. But like you know, it's just probably something that like you know make your stomach kind of kind of turn a little bit. And so then I saw it uh, later, I think on on Twitter. Um, and a lot of people were thinking that it was a wet spot and that, you know, he slipped when going up. Um, but after the game, uh, Penny Hardaway said that there, there was no wet spot, that he just, you know, went up and his knee just gave out, which is, I think, worse than there being a wet. I don't know which is worse because I think wet spot, you could blame like, oh, you know, the, the, the Tulsa, whoever was supposed to be doing the court, they, did, they weren't doing their job. How is there a wet spot? You know, yada yada yada, but just having your knee give out is is terrifying. No, like like especially if you you make a move, mm-hmm. you're going up for a dunk, mm-hmm. and like right when you kind of put that plant your plant leg down, your leg just mm-hmm. completely get mm-hmm. like it was very weird, like how like the way he was coming down. Mm-hmm. Cause initially I thought yes, like did he hit a wet spot? Because well, because he, like he kind of like lost his legs and he like yeah. landed on his back and so it looked like he slipped. 
Um, but just I guess knee gave out. Yeah, and once and like you said, I kind of I kind of I didn't see the other angle. Mm-hmm. I just kind of watched the, the ESPN Plus broadcast mm-hmm. angle over and over again, and I was like, yeah, no, there's no wet spot. He uh-huh. planted, so uh-huh. he was good. It yeah. was just. I don't know. It's like something. Something must have happened. Yeah, where I saw. He had to. I saw a clip from, I guess some one of the photographers was was recording, and so it was like in front of him, so you could see the front of his body, and you could see his knee, and it was not pretty. It, it just uh, buckled. I mean, yeah, and yeah. Uh, so I mean, it's not good. I think, uh, and, and we'll talk to Jason Munns here here in a couple minutes, um, and and I know he. Uh, he wrote about it and, and talked, you know, talked to these people that I'm I'm referencing. I don't remember if it was Penny or if it was um, JQ, but one of them said like I think it was Penny was like, it looks like a end of season injury. Yeah, and which terrifying. I mean, we knew, and and I'm, I'm I don't know if, if Greg Gaston said anything about this, but Greg joins Brett and I in the afternoon on Thursdays, and I asked him yesterday. Okay, so we know David Jones didn't practice Monday or Tuesday because of uh, illness, which David Jones, I know we mentioned him with the seven turnovers. He's just fun to watch play. Yeah, he's just a hooper, man. He is unbelievable. I mean, the moves he does with ease, the Euro steps, the the getting, you know, separation from defenders. He's just fun to watch. Yeah. I, I mean, and he's seeing, awesome. So funny thing, like, and side note for a second. Yeah. Seeing him live versus Austin oh, Peay. Like like I like I went to watch the Tigers live. Yeah. Uh, Saturday this mm, past yeah. Saturday evening, like seeing the dude live. He's he's bigger than everybody on the except for like the bigs. He is mm-hmm. like physically bigger than most perimeter players yes. out on the floor. No, he is he is <laughs> he's fun to watch. And uh, so he was he was uh, really good last night. But I asked him, you know, illness. He didn't practice Monday or Tuesday. And um, Caleb Mills. Didn't practice Monday or Tuesday with a hip injury. I said, what is kind of your gauge? Do you think one or both play on Thursday? And Greg, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, of course, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he basically said something like, I think David Jones gives it a go. But for Caleb Mills, if his hip is still bothering him, I don't know why you would risk it when you've got so many more games in conference play left after this one. And so when when that happened, I thought it was a hip injury again. I thought he you know reaggravated that hip, and I was like, oh man, you know, shouldn't have played him. And then to find out it was a knee was even more terrifying um, because yeah, again those angles were not pretty. Um, it's all over social media. If you didn't see it, you can go see it. But I'm hoping that it's better. And that's another thing, um, you know, they didn't do you know obviously they don't have enough to look at it very well. In Tulsa, so Memphis was trying to get on the plane and get back here so that they could take Caleb Mills to go get his knee looked at. So unless they said, all right, we're not getting the plane tonight, let's go take him to the Tulsa hospital or something to get it looked at, he's Caleb Mills just sitting there waiting for a plane right. with his knee in shambles. So I mean, hopefully, I don't know if if they you know if they did do anything last night, but you know, man, that is just awful. And he played 12 minutes last night. Really didn't do much. Had a couple assists. Had a couple rebounds. Finished with zero points. Um, but I mean, just a uh, just a really really scary injury. I'm curious from you, Zach, and and this will probably be the last thing we we mentioned before getting to a break and then talking to Jason Munns. Um, because we haven't really talked much about this team um, off-air or on-air. Ashton Hardaway. I've heard a lot of people saying, let's give him more of an opportunity. Let's let's throw him out there, get more shots up. He played four minutes last night, um, had two, three attempts, both missed. I think I saw last night or yesterday, John was talking about it and said, well, you know, he hasn't really done much. I think he was talking to Isaac Simpson and was asking him basically the same question and said he really hadn't done much after the Michigan game where he knocked down, what, five threes, however many threes he had. He was unbelievable that game. I think I looked it up. I think he's five for 18 from three since then, and now this would make him five for 20. So that'd be 25% from three since then. What is your opinion 
on Ashton. I've heard some people say, got to give him more looks. He's a freshman. You know, more shots, the better he's going to be. For other people say, he's not contributing. He's young. Keep him on the bench. Let him learn. Practices, you know, that's what practice is for to get your confidence up. Where do you stand on, on Ashton? I think he's, well, yeah, one thing, yeah, he's young. Very young. So he's getting he's getting into these high situation games and he's having to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he's not contributing like immediately, then it's like a quick pull. Right. Also, I think I think people tend to forget like Penny has Penny's been really a defensive coach. Oh yeah. And Absolutely. so if you're not playing defense, mm-hmm. you're definitely getting a hook. Mm-hmm. Like not to say not to say that they don't deserve to get some more run or anything like that, but. It's just the fact that how this team wants to play, how how Penny wants to play every game. Yeah. Play defense, get yep. out in transition. Yep. Play some more defense, mm-hmm. we're getting out in transition. Yep. Get these highlight dunks, get the layups, get the threes mm-hmm. in transition. Yep. Like I think that's I think that's where Ashton is kind of is at mm-hmm. because he I never known Ashton to be a big a great def, a really good defensive player. Right. And then he's kind of a tweener. Mm-hmm. So he's either playing a small ball four or he's playing a three. So is it, I don't think he's that quick enough to play the three. Mm-mm. And I'm not sure he's big enough to play a small ball four. No. So that's kind of where mm-hmm. that is yeah. with Ashton. Now, I would, with Caleb being down, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm going to be surprised to see if Carl Sheriffon gets some run mm. and see if you could throw Sheriffon. Out there, because again, he's a six five. Yeah, he's six five, and he he just as strong. But I think his body is a little bit more developed, a mm-hmm. little bit more ready to go yeah. to play college ball right mm-hmm. now. So I'm not, I, I'm not against Ashton, you know, not having playing time or right. getting playing or either or. Like yeah. I'm not, I, ain't, I I don't have a really dog in a fight. But if if he's not getting playing time. Like, I think it's more on the defensive yeah, end more so really than just point. the offensive end. Yeah. And also, don't forget about Jonathan Pierre, who's yeah, been kind of uh, missing in action since the start of the season. And we know he's he's talked about, um, you know, kind of the struggle he's had in kind of going from D2 basketball to D1 basketball. So maybe he, you know, gets some more run uh, with this injury. I should also mention uh, two more things. Last night, the three-point shooting for the Tigers – Five for nine in the first half from three, which is, I mean, probably the best the Tigers have shot uh, in a really, really long time. Uh, Jaquan Walton, who everybody, I mean, oh, I feel so bad for Jaquan Walton because, I mean, this guy, his entire game has been turned into what does he do three-point shooting. I mean, it has nothing to do with rebounds, defense, uh, what he's doing outside of three-point shooting. The only time you hear anybody talking about Jaquan Walton, it's, oh, well, he can't make a three-point shot to save his life. But last night in the first half, he was he was one for one from three. Um, Jaden Hardaway made a three. Javon Quinterly uh, had a couple. Uh, but in the second half, it's like they were one for eleven from three, and that one three-pointer was the the game winner um, from Javon Quinterly um, late in that one. They were zero for ten. Um, for through most of the second half. Uh, and lastly, thing to keep an eye on, and we'll ask Jason this uh, on the other side, but J.J. Taylor not with the team again last night. Something to keep an eye on. Uh, he was suspended against Vanderbilt. Him and Jonathan Pierre were both suspended for that game for violating team rules. Um, but since then, he has not been on the bench with the team. I think after the Austin P game, Penny said he didn't have an update on him or Jordan Brown, which were, I guess, still kind of in no man's land with Jordan Brown, and then um, went there again last night. So we'll have to see um, what's up with that. We'll ask Jason that. So let's go ahead, get to a break. When we come back, we're talking more Tiger basketball with Jason Munns. We are Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 a.m. And 98.5 FM, as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.
Now back to Wolo and Friends on Sports 56. Presented by Genesis of Olive Branch. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Welcome back in to Wolo and Friends. No Dave today. He's stuck in Tulsa with the Memphis basketball team. So Bryant Dacus, Zach Boyd in for him. And joining us now, the Tiger basketball beat writer for the commercial appeal, Jason Munns, is with us now. Jason, thanks so much for joining. What is the issue in Tulsa? Dave called me last night and said that they uh, had a bad plane um, and that they were going to have to get off of it and wait for the next one. He said they'd be home around 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning. I wake up this morning, I get here, I see your tweet that they're not scheduled to get back until 12.30 now. What has been the issue? Well, no, they're not. They're not scheduled to leave until oh, twelve thirty. Wow! Yeah, it's going to be later than that. Um, no, yeah. So my understanding is uh, is is like they got out of the arena like quicker than they ever do, and they get to they get on the plane, they uh, get to the end of the taxiway, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden a maintenance issue crops up, and then that set off a domino effect where it was like. Murphy's Law, where one thing after anything that could have gone wrong after that did go wrong. Apparently, they couldn't get a plane to get to, you know, they couldn't get a replacement plane to Tulsa. And by the time they did, the, like the crew was maxed out of hours. Oh my and, gosh! Uh, and, it, and, it, and it just, I don't know, it just snowballed from there. So, uh, yeah, it, it has been a brutal, uh, like what, twelve hours for for the Tigers uh, in a lot of ways. Mm. Besides. Besides, the, I mean, obviously they won, and that's great, sure. but uh, there's a lot of other stuff going on. Well, and, and I know this is one thing that, that Dave was, was mentioning last night when I was on the phone with him, but because of the plane issue, uh, uh, Caleb Mills cannot get evaluated. They were they were waiting to get back to Memphis to evaluate his leg, so they're still waiting. You were in the arena uh, last night. I know a lot of people thought that uh, watching it and kind of going back and watching the replay, the way he fell, a lot of people thought it was a wet spot that he slipped on, um, but uh, but Penny after the game said no, his, his knee he just gave out. What did you learn about his injury? What did Penny and, and some of his other teammates say about that? Yeah, so I thought he slipped too. Um, that's what it looked like live to yeah. me. And like you said, even on the replay. Um, but in talking to Penny and talking to uh, you know some other people, um, basically what happened was he he uh, he had the ball uh, uh, like in the corner uh, outside the three point line, and he saw a lane. To the uh, he, be, he beat his defender, uh, got around his defender, and took off for the basket. And he like planted his. He was going to elevate off his left foot, mm-hmm. off his left leg. And when he planted, it just gave out. Like mm-hmm. you know, like something. You know, again, like as you said, that we we don't have like an official formal diagnosis yet because they are waiting for him to. Uh, return to Memphis to get checked out by, um, you know, by by the doctors. Yeah. Um, but he has obviously, you know, they he, the trainers have looked at him and um, and and he's been he's been examined by the the people on staff. Um, and so, you know, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if something snapped, if something mm. popped, if something exploded, but um, it, it was you know just listening to some people who. Uh, who were there, who kind of work in this um, area. Uh, I mean, like, the, the, I was talking to Tulsa's trainer last yeah. night, um, and, and he basically said that it looked to him, sounded to him based on the information that he had gathered, that it was a, uh, like, a tendon issue mm. that, that has sort of caused uh, several other uh, issues, uh, speaking of domino effect, like there was, a, there was you know, uh, a, a tendon that in the knee that, you know, gave out or, or whatever, or snapped or tore, and um, it, it set off a chain reaction uh, that caused a few other issues. So um, it was it was a really scary scene. It really was. Yeah, yeah sounds like it. Well, I, I mean, obviously we don't know the diagnosis right now, but it sounds like 
this is a, a more serious injury. If he's out for a, a prolonged period of time, who do you think steps up and, and gets those minutes? So, yeah, I mean, Penny was pretty um, transparent and and adamant. Uh, and so was Javon Cornerly. We talked to him, too, uh, after the game. They were, you know, they every, everybody seemed to expect that this is a, you know, serious, it's a very serious injury and that um, the likelihood of him playing again this season is very low. Wow. Uh, So, you know, I mean, obviously anything, you know, maybe they're wrong. Uh, Who knows? Uh, I think there are, you know, everybody's still keeping their fingers crossed, holding out hope. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think realistically uh, we have probably seen uh, the last of Caleb Mills this season. And so, um, because of that, I, I think you're going to see more, like, I think Naquan Tomlin, I mean, his, his minutes were going to increase anyway. Yeah. Um, so I think they're going, they're definitely going to go ahead and start increasing now. Um, I think Jaquan Walton will probably be leaned on heavier than he has been just because, you know, obviously he's been struggling, uh, to get it going, but, the confidence has always been there. It's been there that he will snap out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, now he kind of has to. Uh, I, I, so I expect him to to get more minutes. I bet. I bet Jaden Hardaway uh, probably gets more minutes. Maybe maybe Ashton Hardaway. But honestly, um, I would not like to me looking up and down the roster. The two that jump out to me are Jalen Young and Carl Sharon Fine. Yeah. Like I, I think those two, uh, along with the rest of them. I mean, I think ever a lot of people, uh, people are going to get more minutes. But, um, but I'm intrigued uh, by what they might do with uh, Jalen Young and Carl Sharon Fine. I, I think that's. I think there's there's uh, that's that's interesting and intriguing mm-hmm. to see how that plays out. Jonathan Pierre's been a guy that's kind of been lost in the mix uh, of rotations and, and kind of has been missing in action since really the start of the season. Could we see more minutes for him? I know he he talked earlier in the season about kind of the difficulty he's been going through of of you know that transition from D2 to, to D1. It's been kind of a, a process to get his feet. But, I mean, could we see him get some, some run here? You could, but, you know, these last few games uh... – it's been Carl, yeah. Sharon Font, who has, I mean, he's, I think it's pretty uh, clear that, that he has surpassed mm-hmm. Jonathan in the pecking order. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, uh, you know, certainly they can, they can hand, they can do whatever they want, right. maybe, and, and maybe those plans do include Jonathan Pierre, uh, depending on how they shuffle you know, shuffle the deck, but, um, you know, he, he doesn't quite bring, you know, you're losing a lot with yeah. Caleb Mills. You're losing a 10-point-a-game guy. You're losing a guy who gets three-and-a-half rebounds a game. Um, somebody, but, but you know, more than anything, you're losing uh, experience, veteran experience, and veteran leadership, um, as well as arguably the best defender on the team. Mm-hmm. And I, Jonathan Pierre doesn't check those boxes. Right. Uh, not right now, anyway. Uh-huh. So, you know, I think Carl is a much better defender than Jonathan Pierre. I think Jade is a much better, and Jalen Young obviously uh, is a much better defender mm-hmm. than Jonathan Pierre. So, you know, again, anything's possible, and and certainly being shorthanded naturally, uh, maybe they do give Jonathan Pierre some you know, uh, audition mm-hmm. in these, in these upcoming games, like UTSA next week, uh, you figure that you win that game easily. Maybe you kind of throw Jonathan, Jonathan out there and see what he can do. But, yeah. um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think, uh, I think he's still kind of far down the depth chart. Yeah. 
talking to Jason Munns, the Tiger basketball beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. Uh, in that game last night, I mean, Tigers go into the locker room at half with a 49-35 lead. It really, you know, uh, I, I was telling Zach earlier, it felt like watching that game last night, there were three or four points in the first half, a couple in the second half, where it felt like the Tigers were going to, you know, stretch it out and, and kind of get a comfortable lead um, and win comfortably. But Tulsa comes out in the second half, they get into a 2-3 zone, and it really caused Memphis some some problems, and it really took them a while to, to really figure that zone out. What did you see in, in the second half from that Memphis offense and from that Tulsa defense that gave them so much trouble? I think that was exactly what I said. I mean, you, you, you laid it out perfectly, but I don't, I don't think that that was everything that that went into that went into the into the recipe mm-hmm. that 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 ended up leading to Tulsa tying the game uh, with a few seconds left. Right. So, I, I mean, I think I think they go into the locker room at halftime, and reality sets in. You know that their brother, uh, you know Caleb Mills, was in a bad way yeah and I, I think that that probably uh, rattled them a little bit um, distracted them certainly and so I think that was uh, one ingredient um, you know I, this is not offense but um, Tulsa came out just shot the lights <laughs> out uh, from three um, you know PJ Haggerty had a big first half mm-hmm. he played pretty well in the second half he scored 17 in the first and 10 in the second um man that guy's good but uh but carlos williams hit four three (laughs) think about this he hit four three pointers in the second half he hit three of them in a four minute span (laughs) okay he hit going into that game they had played 13 games Mm -hmm. going into that game and he had three three-pointers the entire season. Holy cow. And he tied that number in the first four minute or during a four-minute stretch of the second half. Um, you know, like, that's that's one of those fluky, just, what a, what, what do you do? Like, that, you, you know, you yeah. don't prepare for a guy who doesn't shoot threes to go out and become Steph Curry all the time. <laughs> no. So, I mean, you know, I think it was, yeah, so I think it was that. I think it was. Uh, shell shock a little bit from Caleb's injury. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think it was it was a, a mix of uh, unfortunate events. Mm, yeah, no, that was uh, came out and shot lights out, like you said, and, and really uh, no answer. And then the Tigers, on the other hand, came out couldn't hit anything from three until uh, JQ there at the end uh, knocked down the game where a tough shot I mean that was really good defense from from Tulsa a really tough yeah. shot for for Quinterly to make yeah he's listed at six one don't know how accurate that is and then the guy um, that was right in space was listed at six five so I mean it was contested it was um, well defended it was you know it was a it was a size mismatch mm-hmm. um, and yet uh, you know, obviously the clock is is uh, rapidly headed towards zeros, um, but JQ uh, he, he redeemed himself. He made a couple of tough mistakes, mm-hmm. like really, really yeah. bad mistakes that that even allowed uh, Tulsa to give. I mean, think about this too. Memphis was up seven with a minute three <laughs> to play. And it was tied with about, like, in the span of about 35, 40 seconds, uh, Tulsa went on a 7-0 run. And a lot of that was because Javon Quinterly made some bad mistakes. He mm-hmm. turnover, they got a bucket, he did the offensive foul, where he, like, I don't know what he was doing. He was, like, trying to headbutt the guy in the chest or something. Uh, and he got called for the offensive foul and then didn't, didn't, didn't defend yeah. on the three-pointer uh, that, that ultimately tied the game. So... Um, but credit to him, like Penny said, credit to him, even though he lost his composure there for a bit, he, uh, he kept his head in the game enough to hit that three pointer. Yeah, he sure did. Well, uh, a win's a win and, uh, Tigers will come back, uh, home Sunday and take on SMU, uh, a team that I was looking earlier, Kim Palm has, uh, very high on SMU's defense. So we'll see what that game, uh, 
has uh, in store on Sunday. But Jason, thanks so much for joining us. I guess I'll uh, talk to you uh, this afternoon again at 5 o'clock. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> thanks, Jason. Talk to you later. Jason Munns from the Commercial Appeal. He covers the Tiger basketball team. Well, we're late for a break. Let's go ahead and grab that. When we come back, we'll wrap up today's show on uh, Willow and Friends. Add a little fun to your lunch break. Join Johnny Radio for Sports 56 Happy Hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Wallow and Friends on Sports 56. Presented by Genesis of Olive Branch. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. I am not the voice of the Tigers, but the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, is on the phone joining us. Boots on the ground in Tulsa. Good morning, Dave. Yeah. What is the update from Tulsa right now? Well, I, I thought we'd do a little role reversal here. I love it. Um, <clears throat> I'm coming in on your segment <laughs> on my show. Uh, and I, I, thought, I thought it was very appropriate that the uh, theme song there was Take Me to the Pilot. Yeah, really? Because uh, we, we uh, this is crazy. So Memphis, as you know, and I just heard Munzee talk about beautifully, the fact that, uh, uh, first of all, how often are you going to see a 7 nothing run in 17 Holy seconds? He didn't, he didn't identify that. It was 17 seconds. Wow. That they tied that game, uh, and Memphis only scored seven points in the final eight minutes. And you, he was right on. I mean, Javon Quinterly played awful, mm-hmm. and then he saved the day. <laughs> but you also know that Caleb Mills, and we'll find out he he cannot uh, bend his leg at all. He's got to stay straight. Mm. I'm sure he will go from the airplane to either Campbell Clinic or a hospital this yep. morning. Don't want to speculate what it is, but it was a non-contact. Injury, mm-hmm. when you have non-contact injuries, most of the time, those are not good. Right. Yeah. Maybe so, I, I, you know, as Penny said to me on the postgame show, we hope maybe it's something where you can come back at the end of the year. Mm. But he's not going to be around for a while, that's for sure. And so in our haste to get out last night, no players, Penny for a short rendition, we get out of the ballpark faster than any other game in the history of the Penny Hardaway era. We get to the airplane, go right through security quickly. We're boarded. We close the doors. We shove off. The woman, uh, stewardess, says 57-minute flight. We taxi to right about, I'm going to tell you, not more than 50 feet away from that runway. I'm thinking, man. I'm, I'm going to be home before midnight. In my head, I was thinking 1 to one thirty before the trip because that's the way Penny usually operates. Right. I'm going, wow, this is incredible. Then we've had a warning light. We're trying to troubleshoot. Uh, oh, no. We can't fix it. There's going to be an airplane that is in Florida now going to San Antonio, and then they're going to come pick you up. It's at least two hours, maybe more. We sit in that airplane. Two hours, two and a half hours go by. They go, we're going on a bus. They didn't even tell us what we were doing. I thought we were going to a different gate at the airport to get on the airplane. Um, And then we arrive at a hotel (laughs) at 2.30 at 2.30 in the morning. And uh, I got up, got some coffee, and I said, you know what? I'm going to do a Bryant date. (laughs) I'm going to be Bryant on my show. So that's why I'm calling. That is incredible! Um, wow. So, so the I, I know Jason Munns. We were talking to him. Uh, he tweeted it out. He said, it, I, "the the guess right now is twelve thirty. I mean, is is that what time we think we're gonna get in the air? We have to leave. I have to be on the bus at eleven thirty. It's supposed to depart at eleven forty five. We are right at the airport, mm. so we'll go to the private FBO. I have no idea if it'll be uh, what what kind of an airplane we had. A it was a it, the first time we used this airplane all year. It's <laughs> I think used mainly by NHL teams. Oh wow! And it's all first class seating. There's 16 or 17 rows. It's it's a great airplane. Yeah. I was so excited that we got it until of course last night. <laughs> so there'll be a different airplane. I have no idea what it'll be like. Oh, man. I, I doubt that we'll be shoving. If we're leaving here at 11:45. 
you know, by the time you go through security, well, we'll, we'll be home by 2.30, mm-hmm. I bet, something mm-hmm. like that. Oh, I, I hope so. Uh, the game last night, Dave, uh, they go into the break, 49-35 lead. Uh, I was telling Zach earlier, talked about it with Jason Munz. It felt like a couple of times in the first half, a couple of times in the second half, that the Tigers were really going to start pulling away and, and it was going to be a comfortable win for them. But they come back out in the second half. Tulsa goes into a 2-3 zone that really gave this Tigers offense fits. What did you see in that second half with that zone? And then, I guess in addition, uh, the unbelievable shooting on the other end, especially from three from Tulsa. Oh, that that, that was that was crazy. They <laughs> averaged seven and a half threes. Good Lord. And they got 12 in the game. The, the guy he was talking about, Carlos Williams, was shooting 20% for three on the year. He'd only made like three the whole year. Mm-hmm. I want to say he was like three for 20. Holy cow. And, and he made four threes, uh, I think, all in the second half. Yeah, perfect four so, for four from three in the second half. Where, where, where did that come from? Yeah, really. <laughs> and that P.J. But, Haggerty guy, look, man, he can play. You know, I, I will say this. Even though they had a nice little run to, to take the lead of 14 into the break, mm-hmm. they were a different team when Mills left. Yeah. And I, I don't mean physically, I mean mentally. Mm-hmm. When you see a guy go down and he is writhing in pain, and then they moved him, he wanted to watch the game. So they literally took a, uh, you know, one of those tables that they rub you down at yeah. before the game. They set it up in the corner so that he could sit up and watch the game from the corner. Cool. That's the kind of kid he is. He wow. wanted to see his teammates. and uh, But they're watching him, and he's he's in incredible pain, you could tell. And, you know, now it hits him. This could be the last basketball game he plays. Mm. And it dawns on those guys. They're one play away from... You know, their dream. Yeah. So I, I think mentally it, mm-hmm. it took its toll. But you're up seven with a minute to go. Yeah. You've got the ball. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sitting there waiting for them to hold the ball and to just get fouled mm-hmm. and win this thing at the free throw line and maybe win by double digits. The line was nine and a half. Yeah. But Quinterly turned the ball, and I got nudged a little bit, but he turned the ball over, and then, and then the, the run was on, and, he made stupid mistakes. I hate to say it. Now, he bailed out. He had the courage and the mental fortitude to win the game with that shot. Yeah. But he was taken out of the game. And I'm going to tell you what. Nobody has said this, but I, I, he was the most upset guy when Mills got hurt. Yeah. He walked off, and we said on the air, he is really upset about something. I don't know if he had gotten pushed on that play, hmm. if somebody had said something. But he went to the bench while they were working on Mills or trying to get him up, and he was by himself, and he was angry about something. Wow. I think he was the most affected by that Mills injury. Mm, I believe it. I mean, a guy that uh, I mean, he's he's dealt with his own injuries uh, at Alabama, so uh, I wouldn't be surprised right. at all. Last thing for you, Dave, uh, with this Caleb Mills injury, and from all accounts, I, I know he hasn't been evaluated yet, but it sounds very serious, um, and that he'll be missing a, a lot of time, if not the rest of the season. Who steps up in his place? Who gets those minutes? Do we see more minutes for Ashton? Does does uh, another young freshman and Carl Sharonfont get in, or do they kind of dis- uh, distribute these minutes to, to guys that are? seeing minutes well I, I think Walton will mm-hmm. become even more important he played 30 minutes and 44 seconds last night he becomes incredibly important I uh, you know the guy that can play some point guard is Jalen Young yeah I think he's going to get more minutes I, I I think you're spot on with Sharon Pond he is ready defensively mm-hmm. yeah it's his offense that you got to worry about but he could he could get more minutes and I, I don't know, we didn't see him last night, but Joe Cooper is a guard mm. who became eligible last night. But I, I really believe the combination of Walton and Young will really have to step up and be the kind of players we thought they could be and maybe a quicker development of Sharon Fox. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, a quick turnaround for the Tigers, even quicker now that I guess uh, they are stuck in Tulsa for that yeah, game yeah, on they were Sunday. Media today and practice, and I think all that's wiped up for today. Good Lord. Well, Dave, uh, hopefully y'all get on that plane around 1230 and get back safely, uh, but we'll be listening to you on Sunday. All right. I appreciate it, and I'll see you on Monday. Sounds good. Thanks, Dave. Dave Willotion, voice of the Tigers, voice of this show, Willow and Friends, nice enough to stop by. Uh, but hopefully um, he they get out of there and get back, uh, like he said, around 1230, or excuse me, 230, 
or so, um, and they can get on, get ready for this game against SMU. Well, that's all the time we have. Enjoy your weekend. Johnny Radio, he's up next.